I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, September 9, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We got a list of stuff to discuss today. That's called the docket. We're, of course, going to discuss whether that's the end of the correction. Is this the schematic or at least part of the schematic that we laid out last night? Is this now all of a sudden taking shape? We'll go through some of that stuff. We'll take a look at the futures chart for something that we're not going to find on the daily chart. On the chart we're looking at, looks different in the futures daily chart than it does in the SPY, and I think it's meaningful. We're going to talk about that in a couple of moments. First, let's discuss what jumps off the page on the daily chart. We know there's an important number, 337.50. They're above 337.50. There was a gap left open from yesterday's closing price. Guess what? Here's a gap. The price is 336.71. The low today is 336.61. They fill it. They take off in the upward or northern direction. Just so you have the visual, here it is. You can see everything to the right of the magically appearing vertical line is today's activity. You can see the opening print was 337.55. There are no accidents nor coincidences. What do I mean by that? They opened the day above 337.50. They didn't have to. They were below it in the pre-market. They were above it in the pre-market. They could have done it either way. I believe, and you'll see this in the notes from inside the numbers, opening above was a tip-off somewhat of a tell what else jumps off the page they went up and ran a test of the vicinity of the 20 period moving average and the gap left open from friday last friday's closing price where am i exactly referring to well here's last friday's candle closing print 342.57 it's slightly different slightly above that on the intraday charts by pennies and what you'll notice here is today's high is 342.46. The 20 period moving average was 342.84. So the 20 was above the gap. They didn't get to the gap. They didn't get to the 20. And at the end of the day, they fell away, but still finishing up roughly about 2% on the day in the SPX cash index. The cash index finished at 33.98, spot 96, right underneath 3,400. 3,400 is an important number. We'll talk more about that when we get to inside the numbers and we look at some of the intraday charts. What's another thing that jumps off the page at me on the daily chart? Well, it's the coming up short of the 50 period moving average. To me, that's a little bit of a standout. Under normal garden variety conditions, poor close yesterday would have been very convenient even if they were going to reverse the market back in the upward or northern direction would have been extremely convenient to have a gap lower spike through the 50 period moving average and then begin issuing a conveyor belt of pies in the face instead they just gapped them up today went right for the gap up north came up short we know they do that by the way That's not a secret. That's not a surprise. It's inside the numbers in the notes all the time. When we talk about gaps, 
They come up short sometimes. They hit them on the button other times. Sometimes they spike it through. You never know which one it's going to be. They'll eventually go up and fill the gap, but on the first run, they like to play games. Who is they? It's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. What they're doing is making an effort to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's their job. Remember before, I said we were going to look at the futures daily chart. So here's the ES daily chart. Look at the 50-period moving average here. They spiked through the 50-period moving average and immediately reversed back up in the northern direction. Futures chart hits the 50. The SPY chart does not. We see that from time to time. There's multiple reasons why I watch a variety of charts. This would be one of them. It's something that it was good to know. Not that there was essentially actionable information or actionable things you could do directly from that information, but it's one of those awareness things that I was interested to know that that happened as the market started to move up early in the day. It's in the back of my mind. I know they already hit the 50 in the futures. I know they're likely doing a rope-a-dope in the SPY. They're not going anywhere near the 50 today. Maybe another day, but not today. We also discussed yesterday a schematic. So here was the market running up to a blow-off top. Here is a pullback that we just saw. Whether it's done or not remains a mystery. It won't be a mystery for long, but today it's still a mystery. And then, potentially, you have another leg higher. We know this as an ABC pattern. ABC patterns happen in the northern or upward direction, and they happen in the southern or downward direction as well. They're generally known as corrective patterns, a la correcting a move downward from the top. Can the market make a new high? Sure it can. Whoever thought it was going to go where it was to begin with. So we can't discount anything. We just take the market at face value. We play umpire calling balls and strikes. What the market does, it does. If we can make an assessment and we know it's going higher or we know it's running into resistance or we know it's coming into support, then that's the case. For now, we know 337.50 is important. Above it, the market's okay. Below it, it's not. Also, in this case, we know that if the market begins getting above, much above 345, for argument's sake, we'll call it 345.50. If the market begins closing daily, first hourly, above 345.50, it's likely got another leg higher. However, that area will be garden variety, intraday at a minimum of overhead resistance. That can be applied in the short run over the next day or two. What if they gap over that number? That's a tall order, but anything goes. If they gap over that number, it's wildly bullish. I don't expect them to do that, at least not from Wednesday's close. Can they fail and come back down? Of course they can. How do you know that it's underway or taking place? begin closing hourly or even if they open the day below 337.50. This is how you show up each and every morning in uniform ready to go. What about inside the numbers? So let's walk through a couple of things. We'll start with the pre-market commentary. You see a little sneak peek of stocks on the move. We'll circle back to that stuff after the commentary. So it's hump day. As it turned out, apparently today was turnaround Tuesday even though it was Wednesday. 
So let's go up and see what we've got in the early thoughts. Right out of the chute, it was a pretty easy read, hashtag reading the tape. As the market grows closer to the opening bell, we see the market creeping toward what number? 337.50. So right out of the gate, pre-coffee, we see what's going on. Opening above or below should be an early tell whether or not it might be support or resistance. We saw before they opened above. So we're already pre-prepared. Once they open above, you got to put your bull hat on. If they ran an early shakeout operation, these were the numbers that we were interested in. They never got there. And then we have up north getting above 337.50 and yesterday's high, 338.06, opens the door into no man's land, which is all the space between yesterday's high and the gap left open from Friday's close. This is where the market spent most of the day. Moving right along. Still before the opening bell, they were getting stronger and stronger, so I felt the need to post a comment. We're going to see chasers coming out of the woodwork. So you don't want to chase the market. They're going to likely make a pretty damn good attempt at whipping you out. Either way, what's the area of overhead resistance? And we'll remember from yesterday, 339.25. Of course, above that, we have 340. That's a big fat round number, 3400. You know the routine. Speaking of routine, we're back on the five-minute chart right of the vertical today's activity, and you can see the top two horizontal lines, 340, 339.25. So the market doesn't necessarily have to get rejected from an area of overhead resistance, but likely will stop going higher from an area of overhead resistance, giving the market a chance to, A, somewhat of a digestion of the move, They begin eating time off the clock, and then what are they doing? They're building energy for another move higher. That's the way the market operates. So we certainly were able to identify that zone where the market would stop going in the northern direction, at least on a temporary basis. That spot right there. Then we had one of the stocks on the move, UAL, gave a nice quick bounce at the open, came down. We'll talk about the stocks on the move later. Early on, They were conducting a shakeout operation in terms of the S&P of the Johnny-come-latelys. Who are they? They're the ones that are chasing the market. So they buy it at the open in the frenzy. The market pulls back. They think they're wrong. They sell the position. The market turns around and goes back up in the other direction. It happens almost every day. And it is fascinating how each and every day there seems to be a never-ending supply of traders willing to fall for the same thing over and over and over again. Now we get into 941, for example. Same routine, above 337.50, the bulls can run. They have to start closing some candles up there, which they couldn't do yesterday. Why are they back to fail again? Less likely scenario right now. That's 941 in the morning. You need a tour guide for the market if you're not able to decipher this stuff what the charts are telling you every single day. There's nothing wrong with the tour guide. I'm the tour guide. They go back and forth earlier on. They had another test of the lows by 9.53. They had already run the test right back up. Funny how that works, only because we talked about the test a little bit earlier. Another comment on stocks on the move. By 10 o'clock, there goes the S&P. They weren't back up here to fail again. The reminder was already shaping up in the early going like a no-when-to-fold-em kind of day, moving right along. We talked about the resistance areas, 339 and a quarter, 340, moving along. 
you can pause the video, read the notes, and I urge you to do this, then go back to the charts and see what's going on. See if I'm right, if I'm wrong, if I'm a nutcase, you decide. And by the way, you won't offend me if you do call me a nutcase. As we know, getting inside my head is a dangerous place to be. One of the byproducts of that is nutcaseism. Moving right along. Grinding higher. Remember, once they get into no man's land, which they've been since above yesterday's high, then the gap left open from Friday is on the table. So they creeped up to that zone all day long. Up until they fell out of bed late in the day, a little bit more of a shakeout operation. We know the routine. Into the end of the day, anything goes. Here's an interesting one. So 145, noticing that they may be first running into resistance that they really haven't found all day long since they busted over 337.50. Normal would be to pull back a little. Natural would be 340 to 340.50 area. They don't have to come down, just saying that wouldn't be a surprise. Okay, table that for a second. They do come down, but the recent low at the time was 340.70. Here's an hourly chart. Guess what? Right into the end of the day, what's the low? 339.63. What's the close? 339.75. There's your visit to 340, give or take, into the end of the day. Now, you couldn't see that coming. It would have been certainly more convenient had they started coming down when they ran into resistance and were heading there earlier, meaning not really into the closing bell, but earlier in the day, it would have been at least something that we could have seen coming. Maybe it would have been support. Maybe they would have had a nice bounce off there. But into the end of the day, it's totally different. That's why into the end of the day, anything goes. Let's take a look at stocks on the move. We look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we'll take a look at all the ones that hit their price targets today. NCLH, Lulu, UAL, and Cuervo. Let's start with Cuervo. It did not hit its number. That's why I wanted to start with this one because I got some emails about a misfire of the data into the sheet on Stocks on the Move. The data for this table comes from Google Finance. Sometimes, for whatever reason, there's just a miss in the data. That was the case today on QRVO. How about Norwegian Cruise Line? So what happened with this one is simply nothing. 1788 was the number. Went a little bit lower, went a little bit higher, hung around that number all day long. It's basically a dud. However, you'll notice what it's doing at the end of the day. So for the last, let's say, two hours or so, they're eating time off the clock above an important number. What is that telling you? More likely than not, they want to go higher. There's another leg higher coming. They ran out of time. So be it. It was a dud. Lululemon was an interesting one today because here in this candle around 940, it came very close, three and a quarter, 29. Now it was $2 away from the entry, however, and this is where it is certainly subjective, part art form, part science. Was it too close? Was it not too close? Here's the way I looked at it. We'll use it as a teachable moment. Maybe technically it wasn't too close to the number to say that number's off the table. However, the type of rally it had when it did make a bottom in that candle, look what the high was in the next candle, 332.51. Because of that, now if it went up a dollar or something like that, 
from three and a quarter. It's not the same thing. But the fact that it went up like 10 bucks, for me, that took 323 off the table. So what happened after that? 320.84 comes into play and you see the result. They come into 320.84 and they have a nice ride off of it. The high in this candle was 324.88. That is officially doing the deal. Even if you were in at 323.02 and half at 320.84, they still gave a nice little trade out of it. Then they languished for most of the day until the end of the day and they had a nice ramp up into the closing bell. When you look at the hourly chart, you could say this. Lulu was getting a nice haircut at the opening bell, but the area around 320, 323, give or take, was in fact support. Now, they didn't give us the early rocket ride, but at the end of the day, the takeaway is the numbers worked. They don't all work the same. They don't all work perfect. The takeaway is the numbers either work or they don't. The numbers work. UAL, another Painting by the numbers worked out, but not the greatest trade on the board. If you're painting by the numbers, likely one of two things happened. Either you took a quick profit off the first number and traded the second number independent of the first, or you were still in the trade, half at the first, half at the second. Either way, worked out fine. Both numbers were, in fact, important. And by the way, off the second number, you get over... Or is it almost? Either way, it's around a 3% bounce off the 3560. That's better than a sharp stick in the eye, isn't it? What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, I find this interesting. So Camp IWM is underperforming the S&P 500 today. Relative strength, not here. Relative weakness, even though they were both up, it wasn't up as much, meaning the IWM is not leading the market in the upward direction. They're now riding its 50-period moving average. So a couple of things we can say in comparison to the SPY. A, the IWM reached its 50-period moving average. The SPY did not. The IWM did not make a new high. The S&P did. The IWM is our favorite market-leading indicator. These are puzzle pieces. They're on the table. As of now, they came into what I would consider the top end or the top portion of the former breakout area. So what I'm really saying is this zone right here is really where they came down to and turned around thus far, went back in the other direction. Not all that much, but so far staying above the 50 period moving average. This is the top portion of the former breakout area. A lot of times they don't just stop at the top, they kind of dig in a little bit. Doesn't mean they have to, I'm just bringing it to your attention. We should expect to see large swings in both directions. We've got an expansion of volatility and we have a very contested election or will be contested election coming up. I don't know if contested is the right word, but certainly it's setting up to be an all-out brawl. They're always a brawl, but I think this one's extra special. So if there's ever a time when politics is going to sink into the market, now's a pretty good time between now and the election. The other thing is, and I don't know what the latest talking head stuff going on is, but they have another discussion going on about a government shutdown, a lack of funding. This goes on every single year, 
Every single year, they resolve it either after the deadline has passed by a week or a few days. They do it in the dead of the night when nobody's looking. Whatever it is, they always resolve it, and it always wreaks havoc on the market for a few days as a result of, we're going to shut down the government. Well, they don't always resolve it right away. They do shut down the government from time to time. But here's the kicker. Nobody gives a damn when they shut down the government. Everything seems to run the same whether they shut it down or they don't. So what difference does it make? What, are you dying to go to the DMV? What about the RSP? This is the equal weight to the S&P 500. And you'll notice here we have a similar situation to the IWM. We're below the 20-period moving average here, and you can see on a relative basis, certainly not up as much as the S&P 500 today. So we did not have a broad-based rally today. It was a more concentrated or top-heavy rally. That's the easy way to take a look at it. Again, same routine. Here, they made a slight new high, closed above there one time, and then they sold off. The technical term for that is rope-a-dope, a.k.a false breakout what about the folks down at the transportation department well here the trend is up they're above all the moving averages they held the 20 period moving average now it wasn't up more than the s p 500 today so it wasn't leading in the upward direction similar discussion we had in the iwm but the takeaway here is a very strong market the trend is up and there's really no trouble in the transports so we have to look at the fact that it is our favorite canary in the coal mine The transportation chart is bullish. Move it along. How about a nice big fat dead cat bounce for the Qs today? Up almost 3%, almost 8 bucks. Down over 30 in a flash, up 8 in a flash. This is a fast tape. As long as it holds the 50 period moving average, the trend is considered up. What's the target in the north side? The 20 period moving average, which we had that discussion in the SPY. And you can see that the QQQ or the folks out in Silicon Valley really have more work to do to even get back to the 20-period moving average and also the same gap mentioned from Friday's close. This is none other than a case of the higher they rise, the harder they fall. That's just the way it works. That's just physics, also known as gravity. Anything doing with the financials? Not really. Hovering right underneath the 20-period moving average. Yesterday's low for now will be a bogey. If they go below yesterday's low, same rules apply that we discussed last night. 24, give or take, then 23. 23 in short order, if they got there in short order, would be a buy-in with three hands scenario. Other than that, up 25 cents, 1%. Can't really make a federal case out of that. Smash Mouth looks like a mirror image of the triple Qs. Same discussion. We'll just move it along. It's a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. The chart looks identical. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today. So we'll give it a wrap here. Pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.
My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.